Hello, welcome to Hattrick. Jordan, Braden, and Elliot with you this week. We have a very special playoff preview edition of our show. We're throwing the timer out. We've got three unique segments, topics, uh, sort of the same idea as normal, but with a very fun playoff uh, style twist for us. Obviously, weird end to the regular season for the NHL. We've still got teams playing meaningless games if they didn't get their games in before the cutoff. And we've already got teams in the American divisions playing playoff hockey. But for all of us, Oiler and uh, Maple Leaf and Canadian and Jets fans up here in Canada, Wednesday and Thursday is the kickoff to the playoffs. Uh, I know Braden and Elliot are both probably just as excited as I am to finally be seeing some playoff hockey, even after a shortened season. We're going to get to that. We're going to uh, relitigate some of our uh, predictions from earlier in the year. Um, but before that, we've got two really fun segments with two really special guests. We have Jamie Henry from Calgary. Uh, he was on earlier in the year talking about his beloved Montreal Canadiens. He will be with us in topic one to preview the Montreal Canadiens Toronto Maple Leaf series. And then we have Ray Strawn out of Winnipeg, who is going to preview the Oilers and Jets series with us. He will be up against uh, two Oiler fans in his segment, so we'll see how that goes for him. But uh, it should be fun. Um, boys, I know you're both probably chomping at the, or is it champing? I think it's champing at the bit to get going here. Um, so let's not waste any more time. Uh, this is topic one. Okay, here we go. Topic one. Uh, we're so excited to have this guy back. Um, we have two special guests this week along with Elliot. This is the first one we have up for you. Jamie Henry out of Calgary, Alberta. Biggest Montreal Canadian fan I think I know. Ah, Maybe a tie with my grandfather. Now, <laughs> I might have to give it to my grandfather because he's older, Jamie. So just out of respect, I'll give it to Bob Coltman. But you're a very close number two. Will you take that? I am honored and I will take that all the way to the bank. And I, yeah, I'll be honored. one day you'll cheer for the Canadians as long as Bob Coleman. I love it. God willing. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for being back with us, Jamie. We had a lot of fun the last time it was earlier in the year. Um, we were talking about how Montreal had come out of the gates as a bit of a surprise story. They played really well. And then they did fall off a little bit there in the middle, but they found their game. And I think, um, honestly, I think, you know, if you had told me, I don't know, early January that the Montreal Canadiens were going to be, you know, as good as they've been. And more importantly, a playoff team. I, I probably, I, I don't know if I would have believed that. Like, I think going into the year, a lot of people expected Calgary and Vancouver to be better than Montreal. And it's been the complete opposite. Montreal has been great. Um, how do you feel going into the playoffs? I mean, are you surprised you're here or was this sort of always the plan? So in, in the, in a non-arrogant way, I'm not surprised that they're here. Like I was, yeah, that's probably comes a little bit with the biased Montreal fan thinking that they were going to make the playoffs, but did I think that they were going to be one of the top teams in the division? No, I thought that they would be um, kind of probably fourth in the division to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but I think that one of the things that people just with maybe the exception of Calgary, because they made some additions that were pretty positive and that clearly didn't result in, in them um, getting better in the stand, but Vancouver didn't do anything. They lost some pieces. So I think with what Montreal did in the off season, I think it was recency bias to, to look at what Vancouver did coming back and, and saying that Vancouver is going to be better than Montreal based on what they didn't do. And based on what Montreal did. So I kind of had Montreal above Vancouver at the start of the year, had them ahead of Ottawa. And then I kind of had them to be perfectly honest, like the others are good, but um, they, every single year for me are, a, could be last, could be first. I don't really know because you never know what you're going to get out of them. 
So I kind of thought Montreal was going to be in the mix for a playoff spot. So I'm not surprised. I also want to make one point too, that at the beginning, when you first had me on, I did say, I wasn't surprised that they were hot at the gate, but I also admitted that I think they were going to kind of regress back to the mean a little bit. And they did do a little bit of that, right? Like they weren't going to keep that hot the entire year. I didn't think they were going to sink as far as they did at some times. Right. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens here, but I'm, I'm, I'm stoked that they're here. Not, not, not terribly surprised. So this is a preview of the series. We have to we have to remember this is our playoff preview. So let's just tee it up real quick here. Toronto, obviously, best team in the North this year. They win the division. Uh, they've been pretty much consistent right from the beginning as as the the best team in the North. They've been consistent even in their lowest points. You know they've still had Matthews and they've still had the the top guys they've had. They obviously did a lot at the trade deadline. We talked about that on our trade deadline show about how they went out and they made themselves a little bit tougher and a little bit more uh, a little bit of veteran leadership in there. They they're setting themselves up to be the favorites, right? They are by far and away clearly the favorites uh, if you want to call it that montreal gets to play the underdog they finish fourth they were fighting with winnipeg there right near the end to still maybe they could have climbed a little bit higher and they did have calgary kind of making it interesting but not really uh interesting it's when you look at the head-to-head uh, it's actually the same record um that edmonton and winnipeg have going into their series seven and two is the record so toronto does have the edge in that series but we did watch a few games in there where montreal made it interesting this is one of the greatest rivalries in sports right how exciting is it that we get to see toronto and montreal in the playoffs jamie can you can you can just explain as a montreal lifelong montreal fan how much you hate the, the toronto maple leafs yeah it's uh <laughs> It's, it's incredibly exciting. Um, this is the type of, I mean, it's everyone's, you know, it's too bad we can't have fans in the building and I totally understand why, but it's uh, the fact this doesn't happen very often. These two teams kind of going at it. And, you know, we, we think about original six playoff teams. And, and if you think about Canada, whenever Canada thinks about the history of the NHL, you think Montreal, Toronto, because it doesn't matter where you were in Canada, outside of being in Ontario or being in Quebec, you were a Montreal or you were a Toronto fan, period. And there's, so there was rivalries across the country. It doesn't just those two cities go at it. Right. So there's like, there's so much rich, rich history there. And so, yeah, I, I, here's an interesting quote. And I should also preface this. You guys both know from my days, I was a massive Curtis Joseph fan. So mm-hmm. at one time I didn't hate the Toronto Maple Leafs. Didn't hate them. <laughs> but I, I will, I will say this as much as I love Montreal, I also love that Toronto keeps failing and, and losing the first round. And so I don't know whether I am would rather Montreal win or just rather Toronto lose. It's a it's a it's a bit of a uh, and I am a big Montreal fan, so I'd rather Montreal win. But there's there's also that motivation that I just you know I kind of like the story of Toronto continuing to lose. Um, I know that's a little bit mean. But it's, uh, <laughs> well, here's the crazy thing: is that everyone in the Toronto Maple Leafs fan uh, wagon is feeling the exact same way when it comes to Montreal Canadiens, right? Like they totally. they equally want. I don't know if hate is the right word, but they equally want uh, that that team to suffer uh, when it comes to rivalry. It's so exciting, though, that, to have Montreal and Toronto. I think of all of the rivals, like we see Tampa Bay and Florida. That's a good one for the for the state. It's nice that only one Florida team will come out of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. But uh, but to see Toronto and Montreal in in the playoffs is, is gonna be it's gonna be awesome. And if anything, it helps. I think. Uh, you know, the underdog uh, in that fight because they have even even more to fight for when it comes to that rivalry. Yeah, I would agree with you. And just to like to echo or piggyback off of that a little bit, 
I think there's one person in Montreal that has pressure right now to win. And that person's not on the ice. That yep. person is Mark Bergevin. Yeah. illustrious. Yeah, the, yeah, and he made a lot of moves. And if they lose, I think he's finally might reach, like he's been really tight with Jeff Molson. And Molson's given him a lot of, lot of lives. And, and I think Bergevin's done a good job. But at some point, you got to see the results. So, you know, is there pressure on some of the older guys? I don't know if it's pressure as much as that they just really want it. Um, you know, guys like Weber, guys like Price, like those guys, they really want it. They're getting to the end of their career. I get it. But I think the pressure is on the Leafs to win. And I think that's going to be a benefit in Montreal because they've this year, they, they play that kind of, you know, style of we'll just kind of grind you out and shut you down. We're not going to score a lot of goals. We'll take some chances. We don't expect to score six goals on you. So it's, they've already, they almost go into games as this kind of underdog, oh, Montreal can't score type of vibe. So they're just going to continue to ride that sort of, uh, um, I guess, a storyline and against the team that is facing all of the pressure. I don't think you can, oh, maybe you can make an argument that Edmonton's got more pressure than Toronto, but I would, if you look at the market of Toronto, so. I mean, there it's it's starting to get to a Chicago Cubs style thing and into like a curse style thing. I mean, you've got a you've got a team that is as important to that city as any team is anywhere in the country. You know, it's Dallas Cowboys big, it's Yankees big. It, the Maple Leafs are Toronto. Look, they the 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 city went off and absolutely lost its mind when the Raptors won. But honestly, that's like eighty percent of what that city's capable of when it comes to the the level of excitement when it comes to the Maple Leafs. It's still a hockey town. It will always be a hockey town first. And I think you're right. I mean, Toronto's got an immense amount of pressure. Look at the media. I mean, the every conversation is about how they're the favorite and every, every, uh, expectation is that you know they shouldn't have a problem beating Montreal. They shouldn't have a problem beating whoever comes out of the other series. They should be the kings of the north. Well, I, I don't know if it's going to be that easy. Here's again, let's go back to this what the series looks like here. Toronto, obviously, we talked about they got bigger, they got a little bit better. Uh, when you look at it statistically, they they improved their team throughout deep, the year, right? Deep. But they still have Matthews, who is an unbelievable in in unbelievable form, right? If there's anyone other than Connor McDavid who's had like the best year of his career, it's it's Austin Matthews, right? The guy is scoring two goals a game. He's unbelievable pace. A sixty-five That's a, goal pace. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, uh, an incredible feat, uh, only overshadowed by Connor McDavid, honestly. Uh, somebody you know that Montreal is definitely going to have their hands full with and then you've got Marner and then you've got Nylander and then you've got some size in old Joe Thornton and you've got uh the shot coming from the point in in Morgan Riley and the question Brody exactly they are depth 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 but here's where the question mark is and I think it's a question mark on both sides of this matchup and correct me if I'm wrong Jamie but if it was me I'd be going well the weakness for Toronto is in goal because I don't know what Freddie Anderson's going to look like. I don't even know if he's fully healthy. I don't know if Jack Campbell's going to play like he played yeah. a couple of weeks ago when he was on fire. But, you know, I have a I have one Maple Leaf fan in my life. Good friend of mine. Okay? I keep him at arm's length because he cheers for the Maple Leafs. But he would tell you the only thing that makes him nervous right now is not can I score enough goals to beat Montreal. It's how many goals am I going to let in. Because we don't know what's in goal for them. The same question has to be asked of Montreal. We know Carey Price is going to go play a game on Monday, I think, in in uh, with Laval. Half, half a game in Laval. Uh, yeah. yeah, but we don't know what we don't know what's in net for them. Now, you brought up earlier in the year Jake Allen. Let's just talk about the goaltending part of this conversation because okay. I think this series is going to come down to what team gets the best goaltending. I, I think that's what it's going to come down to. 
What do you think? Yeah, I okay. So I I don't I wouldn't argue against that, but I might argue that something else would take precedent. But let's talk goaltending first, and then we can go to that. We got so, two goaltenders here, so we might as well, right? Might as well. I agree totally. Yeah. So that's a huge question mark. Obviously, like I think, in my opinion, I don't know how you don't start Jack Campbell. Um, uh, everything. The only the only there's one knock on on Jack Campbell right now, and the knock is oh he doesn't have playoff experience. Okay, <laughs> Jordan Bennington didn't either, and he he always yeah. just up over his head. Uh, Cam Ward came in after to relieve. Who did he relieve? Arthur's Urbe? Is that who yep. it was, or yeah. somebody else? Yeah, uh, it might have been yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. as yeah as as a rookie, right? So like, yeah, I, I don't buy that argument until you prove me otherwise. So if he goes in for two games and he doesn't look good, Toronto's in a favorable position because they can put Freddie Anderson. So to me, the bigger question mark in Toronto's goal is not if Jack Campbell is going to be good it's it's if freddie gets in is he going to be good it's going to be my question because he hasn't played in a while and then flip it over to montreal same question montreal jake allen i think has been incredible for montreal this year montreal is getting a few pieces back do i think that jake allen in himself is good enough with the montreal team in front of him to beat the toronto Maple Leafs if they are all playing like they have all year in a seven game series i would say no however here's <laughs> to be back game one and these are all big ifs if Carey price plays at level that and there's no reason that we should believe he should because he hasn't played at it yet this year but he also didn't play at it last year except for in the playoffs so if Carey price comes back and play like he did in the playoffs last year and like we've known him from three years ago this is this this is probably going to go seven games and it might be much i'll win it um so that's a major 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 if so i actually think the two ifs are not the two guys that um you know are not jack jack campbell and and Jake Allen. I think the two big ifs are if Freddie Anderson gets in, is he going to be any good? And if I, I think probably when Carey Price gets in, because he's going to play, I think in this series, is he going to yeah. be the lights out? But I, I yeah, I think, yeah, that that's where I, that's kind of where I rest on, on goaltending. Well, it's a major question mark because I think that's a huge swing in the series, but it's probably more of a swing on the Montreal side, to be honest with you, because Montreal doesn't score a lot of goals. Um, to be so even if Freddie Anderson's really bad, is Montreal putting up six goals? I don't think so. You know, yeah. they'll have three and they'll probably all be scored by Toffoli or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, like to me, it's more, it's more if Jake Allen is in the net and Toronto is playing lights out offensively, you're going to expect over a series Toronto to score in games that they win four four goals minimum, probably, even if Jake Allen's playing well. Like Toronto's going to, they're, they're really great offensively. If Carey Price is in net playing like lights out, that number goes from potentially four to two, just because of this that he can make that not many goalies can make on the planet when he's on, right? And those are the two that would end up in the back of the net against a different goaltender. So then all of a sudden, you're not asking Montreal to score five goals to win a game. You're asking a team that doesn't score a lot, but then they score maybe only three to win a game, maybe two. So the biggest question mark to me in net is probably Carey Price. Yeah. Yeah, I got to agree with you. I mean, I, I think Jake Allen, if he was to come in and play, I think he, I, like, I don't think he likes being a backup. I don't think he did in St. Louis, and that's what made him leave. Uh, you know, yeah, there's, there's, there's much to prove on the back end there. And I think the, the underdog thing, it's, it's similar to what we're going to be talking about with Winnipeg. That's fuel. That's going to, that's, I think that's going to help. Yeah, and I, I guess the other going into the thing that I think is actually the bigger difference in the series is, I mean, 
I guess you could say Carey Price is probably the one biggest wild card as we just kind of talked about, but I don't know if I'm a, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I look at there, there being another big key factor and that key factor is, as you mentioned, the weapons that Toronto have up front, the gentleman that you said, Austin Matthews is going to score a lot of goals. So far, Montreal has been very injured for a lot of, a lot of this time, right? Two of the guys that are on a line together that haven't played in the last little while, and especially the last long while, Brendan Gallagher is one of them, and the other is Philip Deneau. Now, Philip Deneau hasn't had a great season this year, don't get me wrong, um, but when he's in, he's still, when he hasn't had a great season offensively, he's still a shutdown center. And in the games that he has played against Austin Matthews, and they line match him, and they're able to get those matches at home, when they're able to get the change, Matthews does not have nearly the amount of chances that he has in other games or when Deneau's not in the lineup. And Gallagher as well, like when he's on the ice, the puck's in the offensive zone. He's just so good. Like he just causes havoc and it's always there. They play together with, with Tatar. So if those guys come back healthy and they're expected to play game one, if those guys come back healthy and play one, I kind of think they can probably shut down Austin Matthews' line. So then you, you and uh, is Austin Matthews still going to score goals? Yeah, he's going to score goals. But sure. he might eight goals right so they might be able to shut them down so then then the the question mark i have there is okay line up the second line then okay so Tavares, marner and i don't know so if felino's playing Hyman or somebody the yeah. hymen or hymen sometimes plays on the top line or yeah. either way Tavares nylander line fill in the third um montreal second line is suzuki to foley and anderson i'll take oh, that yeah. oh yeah that. i think anderson's so good, been one of the that. one of the best uh one of the best wingers in the north division this year like he's, he's been a stud for the montreal canadians and, and he's a big guy so you know it's going to take a lot to slow him down and he scores goals so. totally the series to me is going to be cited on spezza and thornton <laughs> These guys have a ton of experience and spezza has shown flashes this year where he's took the team and said oh, don't worry guys i got this one and thornton is couple of streaks where he's been really good and, and talk about two guys who couldn't be more motivated than those two to get it done. Yep. The fourth line is better than any fourth line on the ice. But you know what, Jamie? So too does Eric Stahl and Corey Perry, man. Like th there yeah, is okay. some, there is some serious experience on both of these teams with, you know, yeah. and, and they've got a lot to prove. They've got a lot to prove. I think we're going to be talking about that. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good point. These. Um, we're almost at the end of our time here. Um, we're going to do some, lots of predictions on this episode, obviously uh, third topic. We're going to talk about predictions for the whole thing, but here's the predictions for this series. Um, how many games and who wins the series, Braden? I've got Who's Toronto getting bounced in the first Whoa! round. I like That's it. That's my prediction. That's my prediction because I think that, uh, I think Carey Price is going to have a, a Curtis Joseph type uh, performance, <laughs> aka phenomenal. Oh, no, I love I it. I think Shea Weber is going to shut that Toronto Maple Leafs team down. Justin Anderson is going to put up some crazy points and he's going to be uh, Who? very physical. Justin Josh. Anderson. Josh. Josh Anderson. Who's Justin? Josh. I'm sorry. Josh. <laughs> it only comes up as Jay Anderson in my uh, fantasy. So, you know, <laughs> for the whole season, he's been Justin. Uh, Justin's been doing a really good job there. He's been doing fantastic. Yeah, I've got, so I've got Montreal uh, bouncing Toronto in uh, six games. Ooh, that's fun series. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to bring it, uh, the party down a little bit here. I think Toronto's going to win this one. I'm an Oilers fan, so I also have to like, I have to think, what do I want? And I, as much as I want to, I want to see Montreal win. 
I need I need the story to be that a 39 year old goalie and Mike Smith and Connor McDavid, who's the best player in the world, have to beat Goliath. They need to be the underdogs in the second round because I hate being up against Winnipeg as the favorites. I hate it. I want to have that chip on our shoulders. They were decimated earlier in the year by Toronto. So I need the second round series to be Toronto. I'm sorry, Jamie. I have Toronto. And you're also not going to like this. I have Toronto in five. Oh, okay. I give Montreal one. I spot Montreal one. I think Toronto, I think Toronto goes up like two. Maybe they go up three, nothing. And then they get a little bit ahead of themselves. Montreal has that last little, moment of of something and i don't know i i just think toronto's toronto's gonna need to meet a much more dangerous offensive team to to stop them whether it's hopefully it's edmonton uh, but if it's not it's going to be somebody like colorado or somebody's going to have to take them down because i don't know if montreal's got it in them but i'd love to see it so i will pick toronto in five but i uh my heart says montreal who do you have jamie and how many games if i was a betting man <laughs> I was a smart man. I would take the least, but I am not. I am a fan of the Montreal Canadiens, and I am going to predict the Montreal Canadiens will win this series in seven games. Ooh. And then, and then, Brendan Gallagher is going to cause a whole bunch of crazy stuff. He's going to continue on through the playoffs. Montreal is going to hoist the Stanley. This might. Oh my much- God! Hey, I like this. I like this. Is, this. this is my but Montreal Canadiens. This is my Montreal Canadiens fan prediction. Okay. All right. All right. We're not making um, educated, uh, rational, unbiased decisions. We're making. Not. So Montreal Canadiens is winning in seven games, and then they are going to go on and win the Stanley Cup. They're going to beat the Edmonton Oilers, and the storyline at the end is going to be Brennan Gallagher comes back for the playoffs, uh, plays in the finals with a punctured lung, a broken leg, three broken, <laughs> a broken nose, and they're going to win the Stanley Cup. Wow, that's phenomenal. Just, I well, it. it's great that he doesn't get COVID in that prediction. <laughs> that's yeah, no kidding that's the only piece missing here that's the truth yeah. all right we love it we love it well we got two montreal picks i like that it makes it a lot more fun jamie thanks so much for coming back on uh for indulging the the fun poking luckily we didn't have like n- neither of us could really bring ourselves to like legitimately argue on behalf of the maple leafs it just wasn't in us but <laughs> yeah uh, in a minute, we're going to talk to Ray. It's probably going to be harder for him because he's going to be up against two Oiler fans. But uh, oh, I oh. hope you enjoy. Your series starts Thursday night. Um, uh, so so here we go. And maybe if, if Montreal wins, we will definitely have to have you back on to gloat about how right you were. Uh, and even if they don't, maybe we'll have to have you back on and you can tell us what we're wrong. But either way, I hope you enjoy the series. I hope uh, I hope it's fun. I hope it's seven games. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy your series too. Hopefully, we get an Oilers Montreal um, second round, and we can we can get on as well to do some bold predictions on that. That'd be so, dope. Thanks for having me on, guys. I, I love what you're doing with the pod. Keep it up. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, All right, buddy. that was that was topic one. Hey, topic two this week is brought to us by Roma Pizza and Donaire. Look, we all know that the best thing about Edmonton is the many Donaire options. And I know if you're like me, it can be overwhelming and stressful trying to hunt down the best. Well, my friends. 
We have found it, and it's time you did too. Roma Pizza and Donaire in Westbrook Aspen Gardens is Edmonton's best-kept secret. There's nothing quite like piping hot meat getting shaved and served with a generous ratio of sweet sauce. And look, I know someone out there is saying, yeah, no, that's not really my thing. Well, hold your horses, because there is more. Roma Pizza and Donaire not only serves Edmonton's best Donaire, but they also offer Roma's pizzas, dinner platters, chicken wings, chicken fingers, chicken nuggets, chicken tawook, salads, subs, burgers, baklava, coconut cake, and with summer right around the snow-covered corner, they also have summer specials, deep-fried pickles, and deep-fried Oreos. But hey, don't take my word for it. Sometimes tasting is believing. To order, call them at 780-944-9696. That's 780-944-9696. They're open every day except Sunday from 11 to 11 and open till midnight Friday and Saturday. You can also follow them on Instagram at Roma Pizza Donaire. Okay, topic two. This is the one uh, I know Braden and I have been looking forward to. We got our friend from Winnipeg. Ray Strone is here. How you doing, Ray? Welcome back. You, you're a little outgunned here. There's two-on-one Oiler fans to Jets fans. But you know what? We had such a great time with you a couple of weeks ago. We were talking Jets. And I, I, I hate to do this to you, but you did call Whoa. this one. You did say, hey, I wanted to get into the playoffs. We want the Oilers. So how are <laughs> you feeling now? You know what? I'm worried. I'm worried. Um, McDavid is feeling it. Uh, and we are not. Uh, and usually, you know, if you're if you're cold going to the playoffs, it doesn't fare out too well for you. Um, but I think we do have uh, the tools to do it. Uh, if Hellebuck starts on a Callan Smythe campaign, mm-hmm. uh, I think we still can take this series. Uh, I don't think. We st- uh, sorry, I'm all talking craziness. Before we really get into it, I'll I'll let you all keep going. No, but, you know, that's good. Uh, I, I'll, I'll stand by my Jets. I'll stand by my Jets. Uh, I'll, I'll come with up for the number before we're done. Though, I like it. Years. I like it. All right. Let's just really quickly. I'll give you the the little season recap here. Set us up for this series. This is this is a series that we kind of, like we said, you know, Ray Ray said he wanted the Oilers a couple weeks ago. We said we wanted the Jets, and I think a lot of people in both of those two cities have seen this one coming for a little while. Obviously, because you know it was pretty predictable where the Oilers were going to finish. Uh, once we knew the Maple Leafs were going to lock up the top, it was either going to be in second or third and Winnipeg was either going to be in second or third. These were the, it was sort of where it was meant to be. It got a little dicey there near the end for the jets. They yeah. went on a little bit of a slide and Montreal got, got exciting, but Montreal just didn't have enough games left to try to pull it out after their COVID break. Here's how the, the, the head to head matchups this season, the Oilers did have the advantage. Remember they played nine times. Usually that would take like three years to get nine games in a game. <laughs> <laughs> each other it's crazy yeah uh but they edmonton finished off with the they got the better of them in the end they they lost a couple early uh and the series went to edmonton seven to two so edmonton did really uh did sort of have their number uh second especially later in the season mcdavid yeah. obviously on his you know his campaign to 105 which is insane um so that's obviously the biggest storyline can the jets contain mcdavid but you know the jets are sneaky good when they get into those positions where you know that that like we said on the last time we had you on you were saying they just can't get down early if they can stay in a game and stay competitive they got some some dogs there who can who can chase down the bone near the end shifley's been good this year if he can stay healthy connor's been good and as you said yep. right off the top there hellebuck's the key but when i look at this series i really feel like you know it's going to be one of two things this is either going to be like a, a dog fight all the way through and and both teams are going to really bring it or this is going to be over quick yeah, I think uh, if the series goes long, and I'm going to say this last time too, 
And it's not that I wanted to see Edmonton. I thought that's how to kind of shake out. Um, uh, uh, if it goes long, I think it's our advantage. I think we have the depth to really draw it out, especially if the games are close earlier on. If we can really grind them out, you know, lose 3-2, 4-3 earlier on, but still stick around, I think that's to our advantage. Uh, and I think mainly, all, you know, because of Halleck, but also because of those veterans. Uh, it, it's something about the playoffs where guys like Wheeler, Shifley, Perot, who have been there uh, before, into the Western Finals, uh, if they wake up, and uh, hopefully they do for the playoffs. If they go into playoff mode, I think we can hold our own. Uh, but like you mentioned earlier, if we get down early, uh, I don't think we have the horses to keep up the pace if Edmonton just starts feeling it like they, they did at the end of the season. Absolutely. And I, so the other player that you didn't mention yet, but has sort of been an interesting storyline out there in Winnipeg, at least from, from afar, let's admit, mm. you know, I've watched, I've watched the Jets when the Oilers have been playing them. And I watched a couple games a couple weeks ago uh, when they were playing Vancouver. But when you look at it, Dubois really needs to be the player that, you know, he's capable of being for the Jets to really yeah. have a chance to go deep in these playoffs. That seems to be the case. I mean, you, you brought him in for a very specific role. Has he filled that role? Does he, does he have a lot more room to grow? Like, how is this going to work? How's I'm, I'm hoping he is. Yeah, I'm hoping he has room to grow. Uh, I think he's been there, you know, defensively. He's been there responsibly. Uh, but we just don't see that push that you'd expect from a number one center. Uh, uh, like Dubois that has that size and has that speed and showed us what he can do last year in the playoffs. Man, if he comes into that shape in the playoffs, watch out. That means we're running three good lines. And well, I think and that's, that's really where the depth comes in with Edmonton. If we can run three lines heavy on you guys, I think we'll be able to hold it off a bit. Yeah, well, that's the key for sure. Cause you know, the Oilers have had success this season when they've met teams that haven't been able to contain their top guys, but the depth for the Oilers is also probably the, the, the weakness there that, you know, as an Oiler fan, we're aware of, you know what I mean? We've had mm -hmm. some guys, Jujar Kara had a better season this year than last year. And, and it's been nice to see in the last couple of games, mind you, a couple of them have been kind of meaningless games against the Vancouver team that knew that they had very little to play for. So it's hard to say, you know, how much of that you want to take into consideration, but you know, James Neal's had a couple goals recently. Alex Chason's played better. They keep him on the power play. So the Oilers depth has definitely gotten uh, in the game shape right when you want it to. The question is yeah. now they've got a break till Wednesday, at least in the case of the Oilers, you know, that's, that's a few days now to, for a few guys to sort of get some rest. But we also know the Oilers have played well in these parts of the season where the games have been tightly packed. They like to keep going. That's why they didn't rest McDavid. That's why they didn't rest Leon. You know, they yeah. want to, they want to keep that momentum going. And if Winnipeg can, like you said, get off to a good start, you know, the depth might not be there for Edmonton. Yeah. And, and of course the worry here is, and I'd love to hear from an Edmonton fan perspective, what your confidence level is in your goaltending. Because that's a wild card for Winnipeg, honestly. If we get that Mike Smith that played two games against us ago, we could be in trouble. We could be out in four or five because he was hot when you guys beat us like four nothing. So from an Edmonton fan, how do y'all feel about goaltending going into uh, a possible seven-game, six-game series? I'm more confident in Mike Smith right now than I am in Mike Koskinen. Or uh, Miko Koskinen, rather. You don't uh, even know his name. Koskinen, <laughs> he hasn't that's even how, been in the That's how little he's played. Literally, the fact that he lets in a goal 
on the first shot of the game, like more than it, more than he's been in net for the Oilers is frustrating. So my, my confidence is in Mike Smith right now. And I, and I, I know that the confidence in the Oilers comes when Mike Smith is behind them. And, and so I know that they play well, they play a lot better when, uh, when they know that he's in the, in the net. Um, so, so I, I, I mean, if, if Mike Smith over Connor Hellebuck, that's, that's another conversation. Uh, it's, I do think that this series is going to come down. It's going to be a battle of the Connors. Um, that, that's Connors. <laughs> that's my prediction there. It's, it's three it's Connors be, uh, or four Connors. Aren't there three at least? Who are you got Kyle, well, there's Connor, also Kyle uh, Connor. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And he uh, could be a factor. He, could he definitely factor could one. be a factor. He's played well. You know, you know, um, Braden, I think you're right in one sense because you know we, we we I'm sure you know we talked about it Toronto Montreal goaltending's a big thing all across the playoffs this year. It's been a weird oh, year yeah. for goaltenders. Certain goaltenders have got hot. We talked about it with Jamie. Toronto, you know, their depth at goaltending has been a problem for them because of health and injury things. Obviously, Carey Price huge question mark for Montreal. And now in this series, although the goaltenders are quote unquote healthy, they are goaltenders who have been. Uh, streaky Mike Smith right now on a hot streak Hellebuck you know has been shaky throughout the year but when he's good like like uh, Ray said you know he he's a award level caliber goaltender any game that he gets it you know in the right position and I think that that probably you know if I had to put money down would be the deciding factor here do I think the Oilers have the firepower to overcome that problem yeah you know but if they come up against a hot goaltender and let's say you know the the guns get a little cold on their side and they can't quite you know get that second or third goal necessary to overcome an early lead or something they're going to be in trouble they're going to be in real trouble and and the other thing with Winnipeg that I have always felt playing them this season the record is is what the record is. Look, the Oilers got lucky in some of those games. They got they were hot in some of those games, and obviously McDavid has been on a, a world class tilt, and he he caught Winnipeg a couple times, and it, it it was what it was. But that team in Winnipeg has fought tooth and nail to get to where they are. They've mm. earned their spot there, and I think they have a bit of a chip on their shoulder that maybe the Oilers don't have right now, and that's also something I don't like. I never like going into a series as the presumptive favorite. I hate that as a fan, especially when it's the Oilers, because we are notorious for getting ahead of ourselves. And Winnipeg, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, I won't put words in your mouth, Ray, but I'm guessing you'd rather be the underdog right now than the favorite, because it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a fun place to play for. I think so. I think that'll let it fire under this team, especially the way that they ended the season. Uh, if, and, and again, like it goes back to those vets that we talked about earlier. Uh, those guys are, are playoff hardened and hopefully that, you know, that shows up and uh, yeah. And another factor that, that I think about often and hope to see is the Jets playing physical game. Hmm. Uh, we can't keep up with you up and down the ice, but if we pound you for the first two, three games, one or two games, really wear you down that might be an opening for the jets as well because we do have a big fast team still yeah and the thing that you saw like what what happened when toronto took over the oilers was the same thing that's gonna like it it happened with winnipeg is the minute that you know a rush goes the other way we don't have we don't have the depth to be able to 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 keep up with with uh with the lines that that you guys have in winnipeg Mm. you know and Connor Hellebuck was asked today too the, the exact same thing. Are you guys comfortable being an under? And and he's saying no. I, I mean, 
yes. Like I love the, I'll, I'll use it. I'll use it. And right now the Oilers, you know, all they have to use right now is the skill and, and domination that Connor and, and Leon have been providing, but the rest of it, I mean, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see down the stretch here. With, with well, and the other thing, I mean, there's lots of things, but one of the interesting storylines with the Oilers all season has been the fact that you've got these two world-class players at the top who are obviously, I mean, they're the number one and two in points. I heard a statistic yesterday, like Connor McDavid, even if he hadn't scored a single goal would still be second overall in points for the entire NHL, just on his assists alone. It's insane. But here's the other thing. Do you know who number three and number four are? They're both defensemen. That's where our secondary scoring has come from. Tyson Berry is the third highest point scorer for the Oilers, and Darnell Nurse is number four. So we have... And then it drops off fast. So you've got four guys who are doing a lot of that heavy lifting, and two of them are on the back end. So Winnipeg needs to exploit that if they're going to find success in the series they obviously have you know a good coach they have a good system they've got some great guys who can go and get it done they need a goaltender to stand on his head and then they need to just sort of weather the storm when the mcdavid you know firefight starts because it'll happen mcdavid's going to get some chances the power play for the oilers has been hot all year they're going to get some chances but winnipeg's just got to be able to sort of rope a dope them a little bit and hopefully as as ray said just not get down too many early because they can fight their way back in games we've seen that but I'll tell you right now, if it's not a fight like that, it's going to be over quick. So that's where I want to go next. What are our predictions? Uh, we love to play the prediction game in the show because we have it documented and it's on the record. So that way later we can hold it up against people. But uh, like I said, where Ray said, oh, yeah, you didn't you want the Oilers? And he's going, I don't know if I wanted the Oilers. I just said that's who I thought we'd have. I don't know. I think you said you wanted the Oilers. Anyway, who do you have, Braden, and in how many games? I think I know who you have, but in how many well, games? I, I've got the I've got the team on the front of my chest here. Uh, I've got the Oilers in five. I, my prediction here is that uh, that Connor's going to come out hot the first first two games here at home. Uh, Winnipeg Winnipeg is going to bounce back at home with a game, and then I think we're going to we're going to tie it up in five. That's my prediction. All right, Ray, what are you taking? I'm going to go Winnipeg in six. Okay. Uh, I think Hellebuck's gonna Hellebuck's gonna stand on his head. I think uh, Lowry's gonna have a good time with McDavid. To be honest with you, if he's ready <laughs> to go. Uh, and I think special teams will be a big deal. Uh, Winnipeg also has a good power play, so Winnipeg in six, boys. righty. Yeah, I'll take my power play over anybody's any day of the week. I think the Oilers <laughs> win it in six. I think uh, it's going to be a more entertaining series than. Uh, anyone's going to have hope for. I think Winnipeg and Edmonton split the first two games, and then I think Edmonton goes up by a couple, and then they just can't close it out in one. They need uh, they need a couple to get it done. But I think Winnipeg is going to give them a hell of a fight. I think McDavid and uh, Leon will be their regular selves. And I, I think going back to that earlier question, I think we are watching history with Mike Smith. I think Mike Smith has something to prove. 49 years old. He's probably never going to play this well again. He's never played this well again. before. Yeah. But uh, hey, it's a hell of a story if it works. And I'll tell you what else is a hell of a story if Winnipeg pulls it off. It's a hell of a story for that team moving forward. Wouldn't you like to be the team that took down the 105 goal scorer too? That's a hell of a uh, sort of a badge to wear into another series against whoever comes out of the East in, in Canada. Yeah. Ray, thanks so much for being here. It was so much fun to have you back. Uh, we're excited for this one. I know the trash talk will continue for the next couple of weeks. I'm sure that you'll be in all white for Wednesday. That's still a thing, right? The whiteout is that you that, betcha. 
that's you probably the white out lives forever man i don't know i mean there's no fans in the building but i know everybody across the province of manitoba and all those jets fans sprinkled everywhere else will be in white on on wednesday and the oilers i guess we're doing like an orange crush thing i don't know if that's still a thing but but uh either way we'll see we'll see who comes out thanks ray appreciate it and, thanks for uh, having best me of luck, best nice of luck to you, ray. all right that's topic two you, thanks bro spring in full bloom, it's gardening season. For 18 years, Zocalo has been providing Edmonton with plants, gifts, and flowers. This local flower boutique is located right in the heart of Edmonton's Little Italy. With a wide array of flowers, plants, and gift options, they provide delivery and curbside pickup. Check out Zocalo online at zocalo.ca or call them at 780-428-0754. Okay, topic three. We've uh, we've previewed the two North Division series, we know it's coming, but before we get to the playoffs, we have to stop and take stock of what it was a fun and frantic uh, 50, what was it, 53 games? Brayden, is that fit right? 53 games? I think games? something like that. 56. 56 Was it 56? Hard to tell. Well, the last so three didn't really matter. And, yeah, the, and, the last three didn't really matter. Uh, but yes, 56 game regular season, Connor McDavid gets 105 points. An unbelievable um, record-setting season for him. We saw some great hockey. We saw some less than great hockey. We saw lots of different drama and storylines. I don't know about you guys. I barely watched any American teams this year. It's going to be weird when we finally see some of them. But I know we're starting to see some playoff games. And it's like the first time I actually watched Boston play was 24 hours ago. It's very strange for the year. Um, But what we're going to do here, topic three, really quickly... um, Elliot's going to be like judge, jury, and executioner here for some very bold predictions that Braden and I made in our very first episode. We, we might go back and play some clips. We might not. But the truth is, whenever you say anything on the show, you know it's trapped for posterity's sake and you are held accountable. We held Elliot accountable a couple of weeks ago. You made some bold predictions about coaching moves and things like that. But Braden and I made three bold predictions. So I'm going to turn it over to Elliot and Elliot is going to... to uh, remind us of some of the absolutely uh ridiculous bold picks we made uh we couldn't have been episode, that far off right one. well let's see what do you what Here's do you the have thing, for us, i don't yet? remember so i i've gone over the picks i remember listening to the first episode and thinking oh those are some bold takes from these gentlemen um i would say you know the let's focus on the first two because those are the really important ones you guys got a bit off track and goofy with the third one we'll get into that you guys are both, I would say, one for two in your bold predictions. All right, uh, okay. In terms of doing any of the year. So let's start with Joel. We'll start with each of your, uh, I think, more successful predictions. And let's start with Jordan's, who predicted at the beginning of the year that one Thatcher Demko would be, uh, had established himself as the number one goalie in Vancouver. Uh, this kind of seems obvious now, but I guess thinking back 56 games ago at the beginning of the season, you know, you had Holtby there. You had uh, some real questions about whether this young goalie who had some success in the playoffs, but that was really it, was going to be able to take that next step and actually do that. By all indications, and particularly in these last couple of games, meaningless games, uh, including the ones against Edmonton, Thatcher Demko was uh, uh, really, has really incredible and, and I think led the team in starts this year uh, and has overall, I would say, you know, Jordan, you protected correctly that he has established himself as the number one goalie. They have a commodity there in Vancouver moving forward. Thoughts? Yeah, I think so. I think for sure. I I just had a feeling. I mean, obviously, we saw how well he played last year in the bubble. Um, that 
you know, he, he has the potential to be a really, really good goaltending. Goaltending is a weird thing. It takes time for guys to develop unless you're one of those like elite level Carey Price, Marc-Andre Fleury guys who just shows up fully baked and ready to go. But most goalies, it takes them some time to figure it out. I mean, Jesus, look at Mike Smith. He's 49 years old and he's finally found the best game of his life. It's weird how it works sometimes. But uh, I just had a feeling that Demko would uh, would do it. Uh, you could hear it kind of the rumblings here in Vancouver that people were really excited that he was there. Obviously, weird signing. Yeah, they signed Holtby and it was like, what's he going to do for us? But um, I think, as I also said in the prediction, I think Holtby was cannon fodder for the Seattle Kraken. I think that Vancouver was hedging their bets on whether or not they would need to expose a goaltender. And I think that we probably won't see Holtby in Vancouver next year. But we'll see about that. It's not a bold prediction. I'm just saying that <laughs> either way, do that one. Thatcher Demko yeah. is definitely yeah, going to be the goalie of the future. And it's sad because the Canucks in front of him just didn't play well, but he has played very well down the stretch. I well, think, and I think he got an early opportunity when, when Holtby kind of uh, fell out of favor, like in the first week or two, he, you know, it seemed like he was really out of place. Totally. I mean, I, I think it's still an ongoing conversation. Goalies take a while, but I think he has established himself. It's his job to lose starting next season. So I'll give Jordan the uh, the check point on that bold nice prediction. prediction. All right. All right, Braden, we'll go to you. Uh, you, Your first prediction was that uh, one Puyo Yarvi here in Edmonton mm. will have established himself uh, in the top six here in Edmonton. And pool I would party. suggest I would suggest the pool, your prediction on pool party uh, was a successful one. I don't know if we'd look back at game, whatever it was, 26, whatever the halfway point of the season was this year, that we would have been able to say, yes, you were right about that. Um, but I think in the la- la- latter half of this year, uh, Pugliarvi's done enough for offensive-wise. He's really found uh, the, you know, one of the few people to play really well with uh, uh, Connor McDavid outside of, of course, Liam Dreisaitl. I think he's established himself as a top-six player because he's playing with uh, Connor McDavid most nights. Um, and uh, and so well done. Thoughts Thank on you. That, Brent? Well, just that, you know, I don't think, I don't think a lot of Oilers fans had high, I mean, we had high hopes, but we did not have high expectations um, uh, on, on Yassi Pugliarvi. I, I think this is a really, really great story for the franchise who have suffered in losing players over the years. This is a, a great story where a player was, you know, uh, kind of fell out of favor, went to Europe, got his game back under him, came back with new management and uh, all new set of confidence. And uh, it's, it's great. It's really, really great. And I hope he takes another step here in the playoffs. Well, I think, you know, there's a telling thing about uh, both of your predictions is that, uh, you know, they, these both seem like really obvious things that you can say right now and the obvious predictions, but at the time they were very much up in the air. So, so well done on that. Let's go to your second prediction. The two predictions that I would say, probably less successful let's hear if i was going to be uh, generous with my wording uh jordan you'll we'll go to you uh, uh timothy, <laughs> timothy uh Stusla in in ottawa uh, will win the calder um that has now yet to be determined but i don't think that's going to happen uh but that was part of i think a larger narrative jordan was uh uh was pushing that uh, ottawa was much better than we all thought they were going to be <laughs> and that they were going to be fighting for the playoff spot at the end of the season here they were the um, first team in the north to be eliminated vancouver was lower than them in the standings and still had a chance to make the playoffs when they were eliminated now oh, that was a bad you know, Stutzel wasn't far off from that conversation i gotta say like he had a really really strong rookie season for a bad team that he was on I and think if there wasn't a guy point. like Kaprizov just playing lights out with Minnesota, I think Stussel would be 
higher in that conversation. Or if Ottawa had even played a little bit, you know, not maybe, I, I mean, fighting for a playoff spot, I think was a real stretch to make a prediction this year. But if they had played even a little bit better, uh, particularly uh, out of the gate, I mean, they did finish the season last 10 games, seven, two, and one. And, 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 and so there, there was a, they, and you know, what would have been a bold prediction to make? Uh, the Canucks finished last in the division. Well, they did finish last in the division this year. Uh, so when the, the Ottawa Senators were ahead of them. Um, but I think your your confidence was a little bit overblown on, on Ottawa uh, this time around. Yeah, I mean, I, I also said in the same breath that it was going to really ride on whether or not, uh, you know, we saw Matt Murray play like the Matt Murray we used to see in Pittsburgh. And so in, you know, in the same breath as saying Thatcher Demko is going to have a great year, I expected the same out of Murray. He did the complete opposite. So. That's I think it, 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 he could have he could have maybe carried a a, a a subpar team up to some level of good and they just he just was never there. And you know Tim Stutzler did just come out of an amazing World Junior where he he propelled a Germany team to heights that we'd never seen before an international play for a Germany team. So I uh, no reason that he could have had profound effects. I still think he's going to be a great player too. And I, oh, you yes. know what? Don't sleep on. I'm still going to say this. Don't sleep on Ottawa moving forward the, with Kachuk and Stutzla and, and they, they, they have a lot of the right pieces. Um, but we've seen that before with Ottawa. It's just going to be about how well they, you know, continue to develop around them and they need to take the long, the long approach to that or, or they'll uh, spoil it. We know about that in Edmonton. <laughs> so excellent. Excellent. Now we'll go to Braden's uh, second prediction this year. Um, uh, and so the actual prediction prediction was we're going to find out the real reason why Mike Smith is starting the season on IR. <laughs> yeah. Um, does anyone is, know? Well, I, I think that was, I, yes, you know, that's the, if you took that statement, literally, that's what you were predicting. But I, I think it had a little <laughs> bit more to do with the fact that Braden was not convinced that Mike Smith was, uh, <laughs> uh, let's say a good sign oh this year. <laughs> Uh, well, here's I, the it, thing. Was a, it was a veiled swipe at Mike Smith. So by that <laughs> interpretation, I would say that this was uh, probably the worst prediction <laughs> of, of all four at this point. Uh, but Brandon, I'll, let you, I'll leave you some time here to uh, defend your, uh, your skepticism of Mike Smith. Well, it was, this, it was the second time in uh, 10 plus years that the Oilers have been in the playoffs. Uh, we were we were losing to Chicago and I was frustrated that Mike Smith, who was known for handling the puck kept giving the puck over. And, uh, and eventually I'm not saying that's the reason we lost to Chicago, but it left a big impact on me moving into the off season and into the, uh, you know, seeing, seeing a huge free agent pool of goalies, uh, go to different teams. Um, it was, uh, I, I, yeah, it was just, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't have full faith in Mike Smith and I'm glad that he showed me otherwise this season. Well, just for a second, look at those other free agents. Let's just relitigate this. I love doing true, this later true. because we always talk the day after free agency who won yeah, or yeah. a day after trade center who won. Now you get some, some actual rubber to the road here, Matt Murray to Ottawa flop wow. jacob marks from calgary how much ho hockey are they playing yeah. right now they're playing yeah. another well, they're team that's playing. not in the playoffs <laughs> they're playing another team that's not in the playoffs how about yeah. robin leonard in vegas guess who the number one goaltender in vegas is right now oh yeah the other guy right yeah but all I of these big signings was, yeah. all of those options all of those options 
I'm still taking Mike Smith now over yeah, any one sure. of them right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the only one that's debatable is Markstrom because you still have four or what four or five years left on that deal. It's new coach. Calgary was a was a tire fire this year, but you know, you you. you but that being said, take his year or Mike Smith's year, absolutely, one hundred percent, Jordan. But I think if you're relitigating it, you got to give that one some more time. But I would, I would agree. Mike Smith was a was a deal, and 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 imagine that a guy that's worked with him for what? What's the Tippett's relationship? Ten, twelve, three years, four, yeah, three, yeah. three teams. I mean, you know, three teams. Yeah, you know, he had some idea of what was going on in the offseason with Mike Smith and where he was at, and and, and they took a flyer on it i i mean is mike smith the long-term solution here in edmonton no was well there's nothing long-term about a 49 year old he's 39 first of all shit (laughs) but uh if 49 it would be something it would be something no kidding 39 right but there's still nothing long-term about 39 hey i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna cut brace some slack here listen there were a lot of people in that camp to start the year there were a lot of people really mad at that contract when i got signed and were really skeptical of mike smith going to this year he's proven a lot of people wrong um and that's that for the record we still don't know the answer to my prediction other than maybe the fact that they needed to see how bad koskinen really was so that mike smith could fit in there do you know what you actually said? Do you remember what you actually said no, about? I, I don't. I don't. You suggested that he had robbed someone or committed a crime. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember. That was hey, that was hey, your hey, guess. Still, still and then you suggested that the crime you was against the Oilers for stealing one point five yeah. million dollars from. It was like it was like <laughs> the crime. It was the most passive aggressive like shot across the bow of the Oilers management. I, I uh, personally I best one point five million they spent. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah. So definitely I will, should prove me wrong. I will interject here. We do have third predictions for both of you that we'll go over. I'd like to spend a little bit of time. When I listened to this podcast, I made my own bold prediction. I didn't tell either one of you. Oh, nice. But I did make my own one single bold prediction, uh, which turned out to be very wrong. My bold prediction for this year was that the multi, uh, the multi, the Montreal Canadiens were going to win the North Division. And okay. that ended up being a very wrong. They had an excellent start to the season. And I had felt really comfortable and was like wanting to write that prediction down because I didn't think you guys would believe it if it had come true. But I ended up being very wrong on that. So you guys are both they one still for overachieved. two. I was over one. And I think they overachieved. I mean, I Absolutely. predicted Connor would get more than 100 points. I just didn't write it down either. <laughs> or take yeah. the bet on it. <laughs> Uh, final prediction from the two of you uh, was related. Uh, Braden was the first to go. Braden suggested that the Stanley Cup was going to be won by the Edmonton Oilers. Suggested? And, uh, well, guaranteed, I guess. Thank that you. The Stanley Cup Thank was you. going to be won by the Edmonton Oilers. I still Oilers. have full faith. Uh, Jordan, well, that's I'm I, I'm I'm keen to get into that uh, if you still feel that way. Jordan's uh, prediction was Braden has just jinxed the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> so uh, let's start with you, Braden. Are you still are you still uh, competent in? Uh, the Edmonton, your your guarantee of a Stanley Cup uh, ring here in Edmonton. Well, I, I I'm <laughs> now that we're here, uh, I can't guarantee it. No, but I do have the confidence in my hockey club to uh, put up a really good fight. You know, it'll be so interesting to see what happens when we get interdivisional play. We haven't seen that all this year, so really sizing up teams will be fascinating to watch. Um, and there's some really, really scary teams in other divisions. So, uh, you know, I like, I like our chances. I like our team and I, I have to, I have to, I mean, I, yeah, I do have full faith that they're gonna, they're gonna 
good. They're going to get it. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, is does the jinx remain in place? Has, has your position on this changed at all? Um, no. I mean, I'm 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 just as jaded as anyone else who's ever cheered for the Oilers. <laughs> I have just as much PTSD. So and I, I'm constantly in denial that they're good because I I yeah. to to bring myself to accept that is to somehow like let my guard down. I think. Um, well, here's here's what I would say. We had to, Mike Smith had to prove it to us before we believed it, right? Uh, now the Oilers have to do the same. And we have to see if Braden's right. I mean, I That's right. That's until right. Braden's right, I'm You're right. Not wrong, right? If Braden is wrong, then I I'm correct. So I'm gonna wait. I would love to be wrong. Let me put it that way. It, well, it would bring me nothing but joy to be dead wrong on this prediction. But uh, Same. I think history history's on my side. <laughs> Well, oh, you know, I think that this is a great way to maybe segue into our next segment, which is a bit yeah. of predictions for the playoffs and what's going to happen next. Because in order for Edmonton to win the Stanley Cup, they're going to have to come out of the North Division. So the next section that we're going to be talking about tonight was our predictions for the top team to come out of each division. Let's yeah. start with the North Division. Braden, starting with you, I guess this answer is obvious. Yeah. Which team is coming out of the North Division for you? Who wins the, the North Senators. Division? <laughs> they're not in the playoffs oh right 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 no what happens I, if I, one team gets covid does a team that didn't make the playoffs <laughs> take their spot well calgary and vancouver are still playing right now in the playoffs oh that's why this is a consolation round i think that the oilers will come out of the north division toronto is a very scary team with a lot of depth but i do not think that they will uh i don't think that they'll find success i think they'll choke in the first round <laughs> and the oilers will uh come out of the north Jordan, who comes out of the North in your books? I don't know. I have to go with my heart, I think. I think the Oilers do. I think Connor McDavid is on a mission. I think Leon Dreisaitl is on a mission. I think Mike Smith has something to prove. I wouldn't bet against this team right now. I mean, we talked about it with Ray a little while ago, you know. The, the, the three and four guys on this team points wise are two defensemen. I mean, this team has yeah, guys who are completely overachieving this year and it just, there's, I don't know. There's a touch of destiny about it. Look, Toronto has something to prove Montreal and Winnipeg are the underdogs. They've got something to prove, but I still wouldn't bet against the Edmonton Oilers right now. Um, we're going to know a lot as soon as we see how, you know, these first series start off, which teams have come ready to play, but I, I I'm going to pick the Oilers. All right. Well, I'll be the one, the rational person here, the one that you know <laughs> is not clouded by the hometown glory, and uh, and pick Toronto, who is built to win in the playoffs. They're built to beat. Uh, they were built at the beginning of the season to beat the Oilers, as we saw that throughout the year, and they they only loaded up more. And I think that they're strong enough because of their additions at the trade deadline. They're strong enough to beat uh, a strong know, Montreal we team. About and a strong we talked Winnipeg about it. We talked about it. We talked about it with Jamie. The problem there is going to be goaltending, but we'll see. I don't think Edmonton has the goaltending to make a run either. That's I I, I think our goaltending is taking a step back as we've headed into the playoffs. But anyway, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Let's we'll see we'll see. Let's because uh, we're running short on time here, and I want to make sure we get our predictions in for every division. Let's go to the West Division just to recap. You have Avalanche starting out against the Blues, Golden Knights against the Wild. Avalanche, Golden Knights, Wild, or Blues, Jordan. Which team do you have coming out of the West Division? 
I have the Vegas Golden Knights upsetting the Colorado Avalanche. I know that a lot of people are going to pick the Avalanche. The Avalanche look really good. I think the Avalanche are the favorites, but I'm going to go with the Vegas Golden Knights because I think that they also have something to prove. All right, Jordan with the Golden Knights. Braden. The Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, they're the favorites, but they're the favorites because this is a team that is loaded with depth. Uh, they have scoring up the wazoo. They have goaltending to boot, and their defense is the best core in the league. I think. I uh, I tend to agree with you, Braden. I'm going to go with Colorado. I think it's time for Nathan McKinnon to uh, take the next step and lead a team. I think to to the promised land. So I'm going to take Colorado in the west i'm noting these i'm not really sure why it's not like this is an audio feature that we won't be able to get back at some point (laughs) let's move to the east division here east division features the penguins in the island against the islanders in the first round the capitals and the bruins penguins capitals bruins islanders i'm going to start this round off here and i'm going to say i think there's something special about the penguins this year and i think the penguins find a way to emerge uh, as the Eastern division champions. Brayden, who do you got out of the East? I, this is a bit of a wild card. I'm going to go with the New York Islanders. I really like the splash they made at the deadline. Kyle Palmieri, he put up two points in their first game or two goals rather in their first game. They've got, uh, uh, I think the, the one of probably the best, one of the best coaches in the league in Barry Trotz. Um, he's been there before he's won before. Uh, and I just, yeah, I got a little faith in this New York Islanders team. One of uh, in Manitoba. One of either you or I will uh, will be out of that in the next round here because obviously they're playing each other in the first round. Jordan Islanders, Bruins, Capitals, Penguins. Who do you have out of the East this year? I don't like it, but I'm going to pick the Washington Capitals because, uh, uh, like Braden said about Colorado, that team just has got. Uh, firepower and I watched them play yesterday and they look they look hungry I think they're going to upset Boston and then I think they're going to be hard to beat and you know you guys had a great episode last week without me with Tim there but y'all got hung up on the fighting part of the story when it came to Washington and New York you got hung up on sort of the like politics of fighting in hockey you completely missed the part where there is a literal criminal playing for the Washington Capitals a man who physically and violently assaults people out there and Tom Wilson, uh, as long as he is on the ice, is dangerous, both physically and offensively. And Washington's going to win that series and that division. That will make uh, none of us. Well, that will not make me happy. But uh, no. that is a strong, that is a strong, 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 strong prediction. All right. The last division here is the Central Division. The first round uh, is we have the Hurricanes against the Predators and uh, the Battle of Florida Panthers versus lightning jordan who do you like hurricanes panthers lightning predators this one's a tough one because i feel like i'm the most detached from this division this year i don't think i had any players in my fantasy league from this division like that's really the only way i've been following american teams is through fantasy because i'm not watching their games very much uh you get the highlights every once in a while or if there's a big storyline but this one for me came down to Again, two teams that I think have something to prove, and I love that storyline. I always will take a team with a chip on their shoulder. It's got to be either the Hurricanes or Florida, and I'm my heart says Florida, but I really do think the Hurricanes look good, and I think the Carolina Hurricanes are going to surprise some teams. I th- I'm going to pick the Hurricanes. 
I think Carolina surprised a lot of people this year, at least those that aren't paying attention with Carolina. Uh, I'm going to go next. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Lightning because I really like the Lightning to repeat as Stanley Cup uh, champions this year. So uh, in order to do that, they're going to have to come out of what is a really tough division and frankly, a tough first round series against uh, the Panthers. But uh, uh, the Lightning have been there before. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay. Brayden, last prediction to you. Hurricanes, Panthers, Lightning, Predators. Who do you have coming out of the Central Division? I uh, I totally agree with both of you guys. I think that this is a loaded division with some incredibly uh, surprising talent uh, this year. I do not want to see the Tampa Bay Lightning repeat. Uh, I, I like the team. I like what they've got, but I always love a new team in the finals. I think that the Florida Panthers uh, will it not necessarily get to the finals, but they will come out of this division. I think that this team also has a lot to prove. They've got some really good talent. And just like I said with uh, Barry Trotz, they've got a, a perennial championship coach in Joel Quenville manning that ship. He's done it. He knows how to do it. And uh, yeah, I got the Panthers. Well, that's uh, that's great. I, I, I really interesting. Those last two divisions, the East and the Central, we all three of us have different teams coming out of those two divisions, which speaks to either one, um, how the three of us have no idea what's going on or two, um, <laughs> that there's actually, uh, that these, that these divisions are actually pretty close and, uh, and, uh, fairly competitive this year. So, uh, just to recap, Braden has Edmonton, Colorado, New York Islanders, Florida, Jordan has Edmonton, Vegas, Washington, Carolina, and I'm going to go with Toronto, Colorado, Pittsburgh, and Tampa Bay. Awesome. Thank you, Elliot, for for leading us through that. That was a lot of fun. We're going to have to come back in a couple playoff rounds here to move forward. We, we, we were still a little confused exactly how they're going to realign uh, when we get to what would be the conference finals, um, because we could end up with a bunch of teams from the East or a bunch of teams from the West. It could be really interesting, but we'll wait and see. Um, this has been our, our playoff preview. It was a fun season. We talked about it earlier. Um, we've laid our bold predictions out on the line. We'll see how well we get through the playoffs. Um, thanks to Jamie for joining us. Thank you to Ray for joining us. Obviously, Braden and Elliot every week for joining me. And uh, this has always been a lot of fun. We'll be back next week. It's not like this is the end of a season or something. We got playoff hockey, boys. Go Oilers. How excited are you both for that? This is going to be an awesome uh, next couple weeks. Hopefully, it stretches into a couple months for those Oiler fans out there. Um, but until next week, this is Hattrick. Patrick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. It's produced every week by Jordan Dyler Coltman and Braden Dyler Coltman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening.